I'm your host, Rena Friedman Watts, and this is the Better Call Daddy Show. Hey, this is Big Daddy, Wayne Friedman. That's my grandpa. Grandpa, you ready for more daddy drama? My dad is my number one hero and number one fan. And I'm a pretty cool dude. All right, season four, baby, here we go. More stories you're not going to believe. And maybe you will after you listen. Five stars. Five and a half stars, two thumbs up. You are a pretty cool dude. Love you, mommy. Don't stand on the table and damn the public. You'll get some words of wisdom to live by. Here we go again. Better call daddy. You know what your problem is? You like me. Yeah, I do. Each week, I interview a guest, share the stories with my dad, and then he weighs in at the end of every episode with his wisdom and wit. Hey, Grandpa. Everyone from influential players to inspirational fathers, and of course, controversial people. Grandpa, my mommy's calling. Creating that legacy one call at a time. And welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show. Stay tuned. Where's the music? Better call daddy cause he knows you best. He's bringing the test. He sees possibilities. Better call daddy, he'll be by your side. Better call daddy, you're the apple of his eye. He sees possibilities. Oh, won't you My great-grandfather used to say, the older I get, the less I know. Even at 96 years old, he said, I still don't know why I'm here. I sometimes feel like that too. Today's guest, Abigail from the Manic Pixie Weirdo podcast, asked me and my dad what it means to be human. You know, sometimes people think that they have all the answers and then they realize that they really don't know much at all. Today, we're going to talk about mental health, what it means to be human, and we're going to figure out those answers together. Abigail, welcome to the Better Call Daddy show. Hello. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Okay. So I have been listening to your relationship with the mental health hospital episode. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, okay, you know me a lot better now. (laughs) I mean, have you ever talked about the reason that you ended up there voluntarily or involuntarily? I have not. I I mean, I don't know if I've gone into like the nitty gritty details of it, you know, that kind of thing. But like it, my audience knows that like, you know, I went to treatment. I've been in psychiatric hospitals. Like, yeah. It's Are you thing. comfortable talking about that? Yeah. I am super curious. I actually have somebody that I want to introduce you to after this about that experience that wrote a book about his time in a mental health hospital. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Psychiatric facility, whatever. Yeah. I think it's amazing that you are comfortable sharing in that way and creating such a safe space around that conversation. I just want to say that first off. Thank you. I try. I try really hard. Amazing. Like how well you were able to describe what you were feeling through that experience. Okay, good. I hope like I because I never know if like what I'm saying makes any sense, you know, and so like I I, I really strive to make sure that I have like good communication when it especially on those like serious topics, you know, 
yeah, can we get serious? Because I feel like the whole world is going through depression and anxiety. Like, what does that look like for you? It looks like a lot of different things, actually. So like the depression side, like it's hard to get out of bed. It's like really difficult to get out of bed. And I mean, like physically, like your body just feels like heavy and you don't want to like move it because it like hurts and it's not like it but it's like like on a scale of one to ten it's not like it's not so bad that you can't move it's just like it aches in like places so if you were going to put it on like the pain scale I would say it's probably like it just kind of hovers around like a two and so and you just ache and you just like and and then you forget to do like little things like brush your teeth or like sometimes you'll like take a bath instead of like actually showering because like the energy of standing up in the shower is like too much that's so that's like the depression side of it anxiety I get very like uppity I get very for the those of you who can't see, <laughs> I, like shaking, I get very like I I'm I'm it go I go so like the depression side is like the slow side, so it's like my brain is like going like you know one to two miles an hour, but the anxiety part that's when like my brain flips over to like a hundred and it's just like zoom 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 like I'm going through a million different scenarios all at once. And how were you able to learn how to communicate that? It wasn't until I like went to these places like treatment and like the psych hospital where as like much as I kind of like rag on them and like I have like my like thumbs down moments you know I did learn some stuff like I did learn you know a couple of like I picked I did pick up a, a, a couple of like you know golden nuggets throughout like throughout the the time that I spent there so even though like overall it was probably not like the greatest experience like I what I am able to find find like those sort of like things that like yeah but what did you learn like you had to have learned something and for me like th that probably comes from a place of like needing there to be a point to like those things happening so what did you learn what are the golden uh, nuggets that stayed with you hmm okay so like one of the golden nuggets that I learned and this came like as a huge shocker to me and it doesn't even seem like that big of a deal but it's so the thing is that that apparently if you are in therapy do not have like no one else in your family should be seeing that therapist it should only be you seeing that therapist and that was like groundbreaking for me because that wasn't true when I very first started going to therapy when I was 14. A lot, everybody else in my family kind of, we all kind of saw the same person and that affected so much that I didn't even like behind the scenes that I didn't even realize like was happening. And so that was like one of those things where it was like, oh, that's like a good piece of information. I need to keep, I need to keep that. Something else that I learned is that while it's not necessarily necessarily like a negative thing that I like that I have the ability to feel on like an incredibly minute level there is room to be able to like learn how to control it and learn how to be able to sort of navigate like almost and I kind of have to think about it like so it's like a superpower kind of thing like it's energy and so you have to learn how to control it and manipulate it to like your own advantage within yourself as a form of like I don't know that's just a little like mind game that I play with myself about like how I learn how to do it but that's that was something else that like I really took away it was like there you have this piece of you and it's probably never going to change so you might as well learn to like 
you know, live with it rather than like running from it. Mm. That's a really beautiful thing. Like see it as a gift and like a superpower. I really like that, especially because I feel like anxiety can be a motivator. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. My mom and I talk about that all the time about how like, you know, our anxiety won't allow us to like not do something to like our best of the best of our ability or like, you know, like perfection, like or whatever our like fantastical idea of perfection is, you know. Exactly. And I also like the other point of needing your own therapist because I, I can relate to that. You know, I've taken a kid to therapy and then we tried to talk to the same therapist and I could see where that might not work. Yeah. Yeah. I think it really like depends on the dynamic, but especially when like everybody in the family is going to the, like only to see one person, it's kind of like, I feel like it could get overwhelming, not only for like therapist, obviously, but also like, I don't know how, like that would be very difficult to navigate navigate as far as like like trying not to take sides and trying not to like you know understand it from like the child's perspective while also having empathy for the the mother and the father and the father and the you know and the sister and the whatever you know but like yeah it just it didn't really work out that way like that well in my family so that was something but when I heard when when I heard that said it was like groundbreaking information for me because it was like oh it was like something clicked it was just like something was like oh maybe that's that might be a little bit of the reason as to like why I'm a little bit crazy you know <laughs> I love that you talked about in school that you were a questioner and that your questions couldn't really be answered yeah that it that causes a lot of problems and then but I'm so stubborn that like I would go and I would like find the answer that I was looking for that like and not not necessarily the one that I was looking for but the one that like satisfied me enough to where it was like okay that makes sense you know and then I would go and to be honest I feel like especially when I was younger it was it I kind of probably like Hermione Granger did a bit where I was just like yeah but did you know that like that's actually not true like this is the this is what I found and and I definitely did not present it in like good ways. I was kind of like a know-it-all in that sense. I, I don't, I just like, that was always like a point of contention for me growing up, especially like with teachers and stuff. And so that also contributed a lot to why I sort of felt really isolated as a child and I didn't really like fit in you know I had like I had like friends in like or yeah I had like friends but they were all in like different groups and I was kind of the floater I kind of just like went in between like all the groups I didn't really fit in with like one specific group if that makes sense it does I can relate to that a lot I felt like a floater too that's probably why we found each other <laughs> Yay, I'm so happy we did. Another thing too, me too, is I love the idea that you talked about on another podcast. I have to look up the name of it. I took some notes before this, but I love the idea of what if everything that we were taught isn't true? And that question like plagues me. It's like, it keeps me up at night. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, but what if we're wrong? Like, what if we're just wrong about everything? What if like, this is not like, what if aliens are real? Like, what if they're not? Like, what, like, what if, what if we're wrong? Like, what if you're wrong? Like, and that idea of like, like, 
because that question haunts me like to my core. It's one of the reasons it, it it's like it serves as motivation for me because it, it helps me move from a place of love because there's always that little voice in the back of my head that's going, yeah, but what if you're wrong? Let them be at peace. Let them, you know, let them believe what they're going to believe. And if you are trying to change someone's mind, do it in the most empathetic way possible because at the end of the day, like just like you think they're wrong, you could also be wrong because nobody really knows. Nobody actually knows the answers to these like super deep questions. Like, where did we come from? Where are we going? Like these big questions, like nobody and no, what happens to you when you die? Nobody knows. Nobody's got a clue. And so we're all just guessing like we don't really have. And we're all just trying to explain and figure out the same kinds of things. Like most people are just trying to live. Have you figured out anything else by doing a podcast? Yeah, I found out a lot of things that I didn't know, which is really cool and exciting because I've learned so much. It makes me so like that's oh, that's like part. That's like one of the things that brings me so much joy in life is like learning stuff that I didn't know before. And I am and, and, and I'm always that person that's like running to my husband going, did you know this? Because like it blows my mind. You know, it's funny because this is the Better Call Daddy show and I wanted to share my daddy's wisdom with the world. But in one of my dad's reactions recently, he said, not only am I sharing my wisdom, but the guests are trumping my wisdom with their wisdom. And I absolutely loved that. It's not really about my dad's wisdom. I mean, he's adding his two cents, but yeah. it's what experience are all of these people who are coming on our show bringing and sharing with us they're yeah. actually upping our wisdom rating yeah well that's like okay and this is probably not the most like politically correct way to say this but i heard this quote and i forget the creator of it but i heard this quote and it goes if you think about it when you feel stupid it's actually because you got smarter i love that so it's one of those it's it's kind of the same thing where it's like one of those like you're and but everybody's learning from each other and we're all and it's like a cohesive unit. It's really cool. I mean, I always say to my dad, like, I feel like I know nothing. Oh, all the time. Uh, learning something new, learning like one thing new every day is not hard for me. Like it's you know, <laughs> and I've seriously gotten to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, OK, of course I didn't know that. Like, because there's so much that I don't know. And that, but that like that inspires me, though. That what did you me. learn from working in retail? So much, so much. I learned how to hold my tongue. I, I really learned how to hold my tongue. And I also learned how to fold a shirt <laughs> like properly. So it looks nice when you like slide it into the drawer. Like, yeah. So, so much stuff. That's cool. I did also hear you say that at a very young age, you asked your dad, what does it mean to be an alcoholic? Mm -hmm. What did you learn about that? I learned that I think I don't remember what my dad's answer was because it's kind of like a blip of a memory that I have. But my dad, my dad remembers it, too. He remembers what he said. And he said that what he told me at the age of like four, when I asked him, Daddy, what is an alcoholic? He said, it's me. And I said, OK, 
we kind of left it there. And then when I got a little bit older, he that was the moment for him when he knew that he was going to have to explain himself. But he didn't really like want to kind of dump all that onto a four year old. So he just kind of left. He kind of gave me it was the beginning of that conversation that we had that lasted probably until I was like 16. That conversation lasted about like what an alcoholic was. What does that mean? What does that look like? What does that feel like? What what does it do? like to a person and to a person's mind what does it do like on a genetic level what is it like all we had all these we we still have these conversations so what does it do oh it does funny things to the brain like when you drink heavily for over the course of time it can actually change your brain chemistry and like the like the way that you think and it can cause trauma to like physical trauma to the brain and it can really mess with like the chemicals in your brain which is why they say that like once you stop using it takes about 18 months for your body to like recalibrate itself completely and for your brain to like go back to like how it was before whoa yeah I honestly I have a four-year-old so I can't even believe you were able to ask that at that age well we had just come from a meeting and I we I grew up in AA I grew up in that scene. And so like, like my mom was pregnant with me and going to meetings. Like I was the first group, like I was the first baby in their home group. And so like in a long time. And so they were, they brought us, they brought me and my sister to meetings all the time. That was like what we did instead of like go to church. That was what we did for a long time was go to AA meetings. I did hear you say something too on another episode about the second tenant of the book that they give out. Mentions like a higher power and your mom was like, "Uh, I didn't pay all of this to find out that this is about God or something. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She, so they're called the 12 steps. And the first step is to basically concede to a power, a power greater than yourself. Sometimes because we live in America and we predominantly have like Judeo-Christianity here, or at least that's what is like projected most of the time. It sometimes it will say like you have relinquished your, like you've given yourself over to a power greater than yourself, such as God. Yeah. She looked and she saw that as the first rule and she was like, I'm out. No, (laughs) you cannot be serious for $1,200 a day. Absolutely not. So if that gives she's she's fiery. She has a she's real fiery. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. What is your relationship with the higher power or spirituality or the universe now? It just is to me. It's just is and what what is is and what will be will be. You can only control so much of that and the rest you kind of got to give up to something. I don't know. And so that my honest answer is I don't know if there is a God. I don't know if there's a higher power. But for me, I need there to be something else. I need I I can't humans can't please don't let humans be the top of the food chain. Like, (laughs) like, please, no please. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely need there to be something else for sure. Yeah. Like just something bigger than me, like little old me, you know, like something like it doesn't even, it doesn't even have to be as big as the universe. Like it just, I just want it to be bigger than me. Like it just has to be like the energy just needs to be bigger than mine. 
Yeah. Have you had like any, I don't know, not like come to Jesus moments or like, you know, like so many, so many. Oh my gosh. There was literally a time where I was sitting in a car on the highway coming or going away from Glenwood Springs. By the way, it's in the middle of the mountains. Okay. It is dark. It is so dark. Okay. It's so dark where we are. I'm like, so I'm high out of my mind. Okay. I'm so high out of my mind. And I'm sitting in this car and we're parked in this parking lot. And there is a sign that is literally flashing saying, go the wrong, like you're going the wrong way, turn around. And for some reason, I was like, it like blew my mind in that moment. It was like, this is a sign that like, I'm doing the wrong things in my life. Like I'm going in the wrong direction. I need to be doing something else. Like this is not fulfilling like my soul in any way. I just started like crying. Like I've had so many of those moments where like something happens and I just like, and you just kind of like give it over to whatever. And you're just kind of like Zen in that moment and like weird stuff happens <laughs> i want to know the weird your whole show is about being weird yeah well like weird about. like weird stuff happens like you know like sometimes you feel like like you can just be so in tune with like everything around you that you just are like you can ask like I call it asking the universe questions. And the thing about asking the universe questions is when you ask the universe a question, it has to be the right question. You have to be able to learn how to phrase the questions that you want answered in, a, in such a way that they are like open-ended enough to where you can like, you're open to receiving the answer, but narrow enough to where you'll be able to get like the specific of what you're looking for within the answer. So like I stopped asking the universe why a really long time ago. Why is sort of an irrelevant question in my world. But I asked the universe a lot like how, how is this possible? How am I meant to like, you know, cause like I want to be a lawyer. So like, like how am I meant to go like, show me how, how this is going to be done because if if this is what is supposed to happen I feel like this is the right way I need like help basically so like show me how I am meant to like make this like manifest it into the real world so that like it can be done kind of thing and I'm still waiting for an answer on that one <laughs> but yeah yeah I feel that I have tried to test God or get answers from the universe and radio <laughs> silence yeah Still waiting. Still waiting on that one. I'll put it on my list for when I go to heaven and I'll ask. I have a, a long list of questions to ask God when I go to heaven. What if other that's... questions? So many, dude. So many questions. Like, first of all, the most important question is, what are you doing? What is happening? Where did this get out of hand? What did we do wrong? <laughs> kind of a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Do you talk to your parents at all about legacy or ask them why did they uh, think we're here? I have had those questions and, again, not really satisfactory answers. You know, kind of, oh, you know, we're here because... God put us here or, you know, the universe put us here or the Big Bang or, you know, like we're all here for a purpose and we're all meant to like 
fulfill that purpose what that purpose is only you can choose which always sort of sounded like bullshit to me but (laughs) yeah so I like those were sort of but my see my parents were really good about like letting us sort of like ask those questions and then giving us sort of these like milk toasty answers and then like going basically like if you're not satisfied go find it like go go and find an answer and they were really open to like like browsing the internet and like finding an answer that like we deemed satisfactory and they were really good about you know like letting us explore like other schools of thought I mean we were we were a part of like so many variations of Judeo-Christianity throughout my time growing up that like by the time I was in third grade I was just like no more religion (laughs) I was just like done like we just like we but my parents were just they were just like go find it like go find the answer that you're looking for like we don't have all of them and so like there's a whole world out there go go find it and what did you find like what were you interested in what did you find along the way that you're like okay this is for me I found like reading was like the first big one for me reading was like the really first big one for me that I was like this is for me I love this this is now there was a there was sort of like an an exception to that rule if I was forced to read the book it was not a fun book but If I wanted to read the book, like if I picked it, if it was my idea to read it, then like I was all about reading. So, yeah, I I think that that could be true for most children. (laughs) Yeah. So reading, yeah, reading was the first big one. And then funnily enough, I actually got into podcasts way back in the day before they were like what they are today. And podcasts really began to like be another thing that I sort of picked up like along the way that was I was like this is really cool like I want to be a part of this this is like like in some way like this is super cool just like little things like that that I've picked up yeah talk to me about Brian and teaming up with other podcasters and kind of like your evolution there oh yeah so it's been a journey, hasn't it? It's been, it feels like it's been like a whole thing. So I started listening to podcasts way back in the day, back, at, we're talking like 2009, 2011, 20, uh, 2010, 2011, something like that. Figured out that the that they exist, fell in love with them immediately and was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then I got distracted doing other things, dropped that, ignored it for like 10, 15 years, came back to podcasting, decided that I didn't even realize that like through the time that I had kind of been ignoring podcasts, there had been this huge evolution and like all of these like podcasts had like emerged and like grown out of this like one kind of niche thing that I had found when I was a kid. And eventually I got to the point where I was like, you know what, I could do this. Like it, and then I lied to myself and I do that thing that I lie to myself about and I go, it can't be that hard. (laughs) And then I do it and then I find out just how hard it is. And now we're here. Uh, 160 episodes later, we are here. So, yeah. But you are comfortable on the mic now and you have a professional mic and you're putting out content. I mean, how does that feel? It feels weird. Honestly, it feels weird. It feels like... Like, who's listening? Like, don't take anything that I'm saying seriously, please. Because, like, I am a deeply unserious person. And, like, I hope that I bring you joy. I hope that, like, when you listen to my show that it, like, it it piques your interest and it sparks curiosity. 
and about like various and sundry topics and like I I hope it like sparks conversation and think like you don't have to credit me with any of it but just like maybe if you like just pick an like that's why I set up my show the way that I do is because I want people to be able to kind of cherry pick things that they're interested in because I'm interested in so many different things that I feel like if you can just find like maybe a couple episodes that you're really interested in that you know might make your day a little bit better I I like how your titles are like relationship with mental health hospital, relationship with addiction, relationship with ADHD, you know, all of these different topics. And you also cover things like wrestling and Avengers. You can have relationships with so many different topics. How do you find your guests? Twitter, social media is a really big part of like how I find guests because that's how that's how we met on Twitter. Twitter spaces, emails that I get, books that I read, I just uh, articles that I read. I just kind of like take a shot in the dark and, and just like, you know, send it out and see who who responds and who's like, yeah, let me like come on your show and talk to you. And it's really interesting to like get to talk to so many different people with so many different experiences that makes it like really fun have you met anyone in person i have met one other podcaster a nefarious nightmare in person yeah we went to a we were both at a dallas pride event together and yeah we met up and we saw each other that was really cool but no i would love to meet like more people that would be so fun and has it led to any opportunities that you never would have thought of? Oh, yeah. I mean, just obviously, like the obvious one is, you know, getting to talk to so many different kinds of people, you know, and meeting so many different like fun and like interesting people with vastly different stories and backgrounds. That's like super fun and very interesting. But I also think that like it's helped me a lot just like even with something like my basic communication skills, like I've never really been like the greatest at like like being able to communicate effectively. And it's really helped me sort of like hone that skill a little bit more and be able to like learn. Okay, so this is sort of like like if maybe if I say it like this, then that'll like resonate more and more people will be able to understand. You know what I'm saying? And so like it's it's I've learned so much. Yeah. Also, I heard you say that both you and your husband are introverts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We love to just like sit in each other's silence, too. It's great. Yeah. Like uh, it's a wild Friday night over here. You guys. How many hours can you go with like no talking? Oh, I don't even know. We've gone like we've gone so long because like we'll just sit on the couch and just like be we'll just like we'll just like be with each other and we'll just be and just you know like we can watch them. We could watch like a three hour movie and just and not talk to each other the whole time and just be like, okay, like this is this is amazing because it's you just like no, it's so great. And then how long? Probably like 12 hours. Probably. Also, do you have any advice for interviewing an introvert? Yeah. So volume is a big thing, at least for me. I'm kind of like a, I'm I'm a more like quiet, kind of like shy individual when it comes to like that sort of thing. So like no yelling, like it's cool if you're excited, you know, like show that because we do feed off that energy. Just like no yelling, like keep it, you know, above like below a five. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I am kind of dying to know, like, did you get in trouble to end up at a mental health facility? And I also heard you talk about blacking out. I didn't get in trouble. No, 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 no. I mean, I, I was having a pain panic attack. I was having a massive panic attack and my panic attacks range like depending upon like what's happening to like me 
like to on the on the sort of the like minor end of my scale is like I am just shaking I'm crying I can't really I can't really talk what I'm saying doesn't like make sense it's kind of like word salad and it's all it's very um like disjointed so it would be something like the marshmallow in the cup is over on the horse next to the like it doesn't make any sense like it's just gibberish so like it can range from that to fully like a full-blown panic attack for me can look like me completely blacking out and not knowing what happened for like between like 30 minutes to a couple of hours and like and I like that's happened to me several times where like I don't know what and that and one of and one of those nights that that happened they call somebody had called an ambulance because I was screaming so loud and so they took me to the the mental hospital because I was having a bad panic attack so yeah I mean like they're not you know they're no joke Whoa. When did that start happening? Probably towards the end of the time when I lived in... So by that time, it had probably been going on for maybe like three, four years, something like that. By that time. Do you remember the first time it happened? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I woke up in the bathtub fully clothed. Yeah. With the water like running. How old were you? 20? 2021 something like that was there like an event or something that caused it or I don't know I remember my friend leaving my house and then and I and I don't remember it being like in a particular huff or anything like that I just remember my friend like leaving my house and then I was there alone and I remember going to the bathroom and then getting up and then washing my hands and then waking up in the bathtub fully clothed with the water running. Yeah. Who helped you through that? Oh, I was in therapy. I had a therapist at that time and I loved her. Oh my gosh, she's a godsend. Shout out to Nicole because Nicole was a, she was my therapist when I lived in Chicago and she was absolutely amazing. She liked helped me so much. She's the first therapist that I really felt like listened to me and like understood like what I was saying and like believed me and like believed the things that like I was saying. It is so hard to find a good therapist. Oh my gosh, it's a nightmare trying to find a good therapist. Like it's not as easy, like it's really not as easy as just like signing up online or like, like you have to also like do your due diligence and like interview your therapist for you too, because like it's really like you have to find somebody that you connect with and that you like, like that understands you on like a really deep personal level. And that can be really difficult to find. Oh my God. Like, what do you even ask them? I've gotten kind of like good at sort of like doing a quick like rundown of like knowing if I'm gonna like drive with this person kind of a thing and I get a lot of it from like body language I'll say like I'll say some stuff and I'll just like read like what their reaction is and if I get the whole like I've gotten I I, I had a therapist recently who I did who I d- am not in therapy with tell me that I just needed to be more positive and I was like it's a no for me like I can't work with you because I've tried to be more positive and that's like why I'm here that's the whole reason why I'm here is because I can't be you know what I'm saying so yeah yeah that doesn't seem like the right fit no not at all kind of a turn off yeah yikes yeah I like you just see who's a network and then you end up there and you know you expect some sort of like direction you know yeah but it's very very like I mean I didn't grow up going 
So as a parent going, that also is like, you're like the blind leading the blind. Yeah, I could see that as like, for <laughs> especially for a parent. I'm not a parent. Thank God. Oh my gosh. I That's like, that gives me anxiety. Like thinking about having children gives me anxiety. And so like, and one of the reasons why it gives me so much anxiety is because like, I have so much fear around like having children. And one of those fears is just like, what if I'm doing it wrong? Like, what if I do the whole thing wrong? Having that feeling I can only imagine what it's like actually having a child and then just like being in therapy and being like I don't know like what do you do that is actually super interesting do you feel any pressure from society or from your parents to have children no not really uh, not from my parents not really I don't really feel a lot of pressure from my parents to have kids society yeah dumb I have so much time by the way I have I'm only 30 I have so much time to have kids my mom almost had a baby at 50 so like it's fine <laughs> love your mom for that <laughs> all right so is the marriage going strong yeah absolutely we're having fun right now so that can wait wow what's your relationship like with your parents now vastly different than what I would have ever imagined being like a child like, if you had asked me when I was 15 if I was going to have a relationship with my mom, I would have told you that you were crazy and laughed in your face. But I do. I have a relationship with my mom, which is weird because it's fairly new as far as, like, life goes. If you would have told me that, like, my relationship with my dad would have changed so much, like, as I just, like, as I got older and, like, what those things would look like and how it would kind of manifest itself, like, I would have, I probably wouldn't have laughed in your face, but I would have said, like, that's going to be a lot of work, you know? Like, that's, that's a lot. And, but things happen and relationships have to change and like evolve if they want you know if people want to stay in your life then they must change and evolve kind of like with you and you with them sort of like symbiotically and so you know it's been good like all in all it's probably like it's good it's been good so why yeah. would you have laughed at 15 that I would have had a really because we had not a good relationship constantly fighting like mom was always the bad guy oh my gosh of course it's always mom's fault like what are you talking about mom's a crazy one like dad she's freaking out again you know just being a little shit but now growing up do you have more empathy for her oh my gosh yes oh my gosh no I do not want that job absolutely not no thank you <laughs> Why would you sign up for that? Absolute like after like after like seeing it and then like living on my own and like seeing like friends like nope. Mm -mm, no thing. Not now. Not right now. Absolutely not right now. I love um, that you've thought about it because I feel like so many people just don't think about it. And then they're like, how did I get here? I mean, I feel a bit of that myself. I mean, but that's like super calm. Like I'm the weird one in this situation. You know that, right? Like. And that's fine. But like, I just that's it's so scary. It's it like that is just an adventure that I'm not ready to have yet. You know, that's it. I'm just like, yeah, that's just not an adventure that I'm ready to. Ha I think I'm too selfish right now. You know, I think I'm still in that like super selfish, like it's got to all be about me kind of a thing. Did you realize at all as a kid that your parents were ever selfish? Or do you think that they gave that up when they had kids? Oh, no. I knew my parents were selfish because I constantly got called out for being selfish. And so much. <laughs> and eventually I got to the point where I would just like yell it back and I would just be like, no, you're being selfish. 
<laughs> you know how like seven-year-olds have attitude or whatever <laughs> my parents were pretty I guess like different in that way in the sense that like they were pretty open about like like if my mom wanted to go like get her nails done or whatever like that was mom's time like you know that's what she's doing for her like nobody else needs to be involved or whatever like that you know everybody like dad's going to the library like that's his time you know or whatever but yeah that was you know and and, and it was also pretty well presented that like if we needed a minute that was okay like go to your room and like take a minute and like we'll regroup kind of a situation i like so, that yeah what do you want to carry on from them have you thought about that like are there parts of them you want to take yeah of course like my mom's fun my mom's like a lot of fun like i didn't realize how much fun my mom could be like we go to casinos together you guys it's like the most fun thing like i again never in a million years would i have ever thought we only play the slots and we and we never bet more than two dollars and fifty cents <laughs> for a single spin that's like that's our max we don't go any higher than that because both of us have anxiety and we're both chain smoking cigarettes the whole time <laughs> like it's great it's it's so much fun and we just sit there for hours so like yeah like my mom's fun like she's fun and my dad's my dad's pretty fun he likes to do a lot of like stuff outside he's constantly like going and stuff like that so i think that like i would like to carry sort of like that fun spirit and that like open-minded spirit because my parents were pretty open-minded about like like i said like if you want to do something like go for it like we'll support you whatever that is so like find your answers kind of a thing but like we don't have all of them and so like i would like to take like those sort of like little little nuggets from them and keep that alive like that spirit kind of alive of like being open-minded and like having fun and being curious I think you definitely do that and incorporate that into your life that's cool I love that is there anything about your parents where you're like damn it I don't want that why am I acting like that I don't want that <laughs> yes like all the mental illnesses dude <laughs> like all of them <laughs> depression anxiety and bipolar plus adhd are you kidding me really and i have a genetic predisposition to all of these what a nightmare how could you set me up for this <laughs> i have a chip on my shoulder yes <laughs> do you think that they understood it until they saw it in you i don't i think that i think on an intellectual level they had a, like a complete understanding i don't think that they really understood what it looked like and what it like felt like to have to deal with a child with those things because we knew from very young that I was like predisposed to depression and stuff and I can't even imagine what that what those conversations were like for my dad as you know having having a child a literal child just ask you questions about like death and stuff like that very morbid curiosity I think that I think that like I said they understood it intellectually but I don't think they fully understood like the scope of what like because I got it from both sides I got it from both my dad and my mom like so I I was like double predisposed to like having depression and anxiety and stuff I, I don't think that they really understood what that means like what that looked like kind of a thing so I feel like in their generation though it wasn't like called all these things and like they didn't process it as much oh absolutely for sure like and I mean just like right around the time that like my parents uh, like were even trying to figure this stuff out for themselves like they you know those idiots then decided to have me <laughs> what idiots <laughs> 
Well, I'm sure that it uh, made the picture more colorful. It definitely did that. It definitely, you nailed that. Absolutely. You got that square on the head. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Oh, wow. Also, did you ever talk to your dad about getting over the alcoholism like, and, and how that started? Or did you like learn more there? Yeah, totally. That, like I said, that was like an evolution. And I think that once I like, once I really understood like what alcohol was like once okay so like something about me is that like once I decide that I'm like going to do something or not going to do something it's like it it ceases to exist in my world until like further notice basically once I kind of figured out that like yeah alcohol wasn't for me it's not that it like ceased to exist in my world. It more became this thing that like was like I get it but at the same time, like, it's just really not like, it's not for me. It's just not for me. And I remember having this conversation with my dad about like, like what that means and what that looks like, because it looks different for everybody. And that those moments look different for everybody. Because like, but like a lot of people, especially if you're in recovery, get those moments where like, you will just be like, yeah, I'm done. Like, I just, I'm over it. And so, like, I've had conversations with my dad about that. And, like, in different points of our relationship, we've had, like, there have been times where, like, that conversation has come up and I get different answers from him every time because he, every time he's at a different stage in his sobriety. Because once you work the steps, like, you're not finished. You, like, start over and you continue to work them. So you, like, continue the healing process like that's the idea and so like perpetually and so like one of those answers that like you know I got when I like went out into the world and asked the universe like well am I an alcoholic like I like I first had to understand what an alcoholic was which that's where my dad came into play but then I had to understand for myself is this even like is this even something that I'm capable of doing kind of a thing like being an alcoholic turns out yes I am <laughs> capable Am I interested in doing that? No, no, I have no interest in doing it. And I never really did either was the thing. Like I, it was never, I never liked the taste of alcohol. I never liked the smell of alcohol. I never liked the way it made me feel. I never, I always, I kind of realized this, like as I was going through this journey, but I realized that like the only reason I was in, that I was drinking alcohol was because I thought everybody else was drinking alcohol. And I thought it was like the cool thing to do because like, if you don't drink, then like, who are you or whatever? And like, but I never drank because like I enjoyed it. And so like, I've had that conversation with my dad and he he has he's sort of like helped navigate that those waters for me too because nobody's perfect and least of all him did he, he tell you help. why he drank yeah and the big reason that like he the big because the, so I remember having this conversation with him I was like I don't like the way that it makes me feel I don't like the way that it tastes I don't like the way that it smells like I'm going through the list of all these things and so I asked him like why did you drink and he was like, well, because I did like the way that it tasted. I did like the way that it made me feel. I did like the things that I was felt like I was capable of doing. Like it, his answers were all the opposite to my answers. And so that like that did it for me. That was like what I, I was like, OK, I understand that makes sense to me. That understanding, my understanding was limited at that point. Once I got those answers, it wasn't until 
I started using myself that I really began to understand like what he meant by I like the way that it tastes. I like the way that it feels like what those things actually meant. But yeah, that gave me the chills. (laughs) It's interesting that you were able to get to that place to understand your father. Some would say curiosity killed the cat, (laughs) you know, because I've just always been that curious person like what are you doing? Like, like, why are you doing the things that you're doing? How are you doing the things that you're doing? What, like, what, what's going, what are all the pieces that like go into doing the things that you're doing? Like I'm on a quest to figure out how to be human. And I pick up little things along the way on like how to be human (laughs) properly. That's cool. Maybe we should ask my dad how to be human. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody needs to tell us. Yeah. I love that question, actually. How to be human. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one. (laughs) Does that encompass? I mean, it's it's another question that plagues me. Like, how do you be human? Because and and I mean, the caveat to that is like the follow up question, I guess, to that is really what kind of human do you want to be? Ooh. Yes. Because once you figure like once you figure out how to be human, that like, okay. But the next step after that is what kind of human do you want to be? That's a powerful caveat. And also we don't even show all the sides to the humans that we are. No, we don't. Not even to ourselves sometimes, which is a shame. I do feel like through having a podcast and by collaborating and having a community that you're able to figure out parts of yourself that you may not have even realized just by things that people say that you resonate with. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think that it that's one of the things that I love about the podcasting community in general is that it truly is a community and we really are all here to kind of like, you know, support each other and figure out we're all figuring this out together, you know, kind of a thing, especially like like on Twitter, like there's a group of us like you and like, you know, Pixie and like all of us that like kind of like came up together. And so like we have this sort of like built in sense of community and camaraderie. And I think that's really great because we're all also like really open to like inviting new people and learning new things and like I think that that's just like that's that's part of commit of community building and like being you know active you know a part an active participant in life well I am so glad that you are in my sphere and that we had this amazing deep conversation thank you so much please let people know how they can find you have two podcasts right yeah so you can find me the big the main one is the man of pixie weirdo where we talk about relationships you can find me on twitter at mp weirdo podcast can email me at manifixyweirdoapproach.com or you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, the underscore main underscore weirdo one. I also have a second podcast, Best Idea in the Room. We're going to come out with season two soon, hopefully. So check it. Keep a lookout for that. So awesome. Thank you. You've heard from my mom. Now let's switch it over to grandpa. Abigail gives you a new fundamental about depression, about anxieties, panic attacks, and really anything that could be really wrong with your life. You don't have to hear somebody said, do this or do that, or be positive about this or positive about that. That's not really the message is, is that we need to be able to communicate and have understanding. You have to have that first. And nobody wants to be told, well, if you only do this and you only do that, your whole life will turn around. You have to really find your own path And what she's doing, which is just fantastic, is creating in many areas with her podcast, a support group. Isn't that really what you need is love and understanding before you can attack anything. And how do you know someone else's path? How do you know really 
what someone else is feeling. You don't. You have to hear it from them. Only they can formulate the type of steps that they can take in their life. You can't do it for them. They have to do it for themselves. And what you're trying to do and what she's trying to do with her podcast is offer a path of understanding and love and giving someone the opportunity to find that path and to listen to others that are suffering the same type of philosophy and problems. As you know, you could be the greatest singer in the shower and really be wonderful. And yet sometimes the, that person who is so sounding so fantastic and great doesn't have the necessarily the confidence or even know how good they might be. Because if they go out on a stage or if they go in front of thousands of people, they, they can't even open their mouth. They can't even get their voice to go anywhere near the way they sing in the shower. I told you that I even I was singing with uh, Jessica in the with all the synagogues. And this girl that sings great in practice was singing next to me and we were going to kind of like do a duet but all you could do was hear me because she couldn't open her mouth she turned red where she was redder than a beat i thought she was going to drop dead actually right there on the stage or faint it was just horrible because she is really a good singer but she was unable to perform in front of it was maybe a thousand people that's all maybe 500 500 to a thousand people and yet she was frozen and what happens to people that are really depressed. They're frozen. They can't even get out of bed. Even that's a chore. So the fact is, is that what Abigail is doing is just an unbelievable job with multi-podcasts to give people an opportunity to be heard and to be able to listen to others. And isn't that what podcasting is about, is give yourself a forum where people can be real and tell their story and be able to share their experiences where we all can learn from each other and we all can network and have opportunities and find our own path and not somebody else's. I like the summary. What's interesting too is that she learned about support systems from a very young age because she was going to a 12-step program with her own dad at four years old. Well, this is the thing. She grew up in turmoil. And isn't that really what your dad always preaches? That my job as a father is to set the very best example to your children, because even if you think you're doing the right job or you're saying the right things, your children don't necessarily hear everything you're saying. They're watching what you're doing. And if you are a hypocrite where you do different things than what you say, your children pick up on that. And if you're having problems, guess what? That can be passed on where they can have the same problems. So it's a your legacy of wisdom or your legacy of troubles. What do you want to pass on to your children? If you have issues, you have to try to resolve them because you are, no matter what, are an example to your children and your children's children. That's what this show is all about, is giving people an understanding that we've got to live beyond ourselves and understand that a generational show is an example for the generations. I think that that's what podcasting is really a wonderful security blanket to where you can express yourself and be heard and be able to share those experiences with your family as well. And to include your family in it, I think is also very worthwhile where they participate, where they know that this is a tool that they can use as well. It's really been terrific. And when in doubt, better call daddy. I like it. Thanks for listening. Now I think I'm going to go call my dad. <laughs> 
I'll say goodbye and see you the next time. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy show. Join us weekly for new episodes and more daddy wisdom. Better Call Daddy is good advice always. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. You can also find special episodes on my YouTube channel, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Alexa, or your preferred podcatcher. That's wrap for now.